Welcome to the I Work For Him podcast. I'm Michael Miracle, producer of the I Work For Him radio program, the voice of the faith and work movement. Our mission is to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. What does that look like in your workplace? Let's find out right now. Hey, every day we're fueling the faith and work movement five days a week, providing resources for you, our listeners, the workplace believers. Welcome to I Work For Him. However you're listening to us today, whether you're listening live on the radio or whether you're listening to a podcast, just know that we've prayed for you ahead of time, but we'd love for you to connect with us two different ways. On IWorkForHim.com, that's IWork, the number four, Him.com, or on Facebook or any of other social media sites, just IWork, the number four, Him. But you can also get a hold of us on our I Work For Him listener line, a new feature we added. Martha, how do people get a hold of us there? Yeah, it's real simple. They can call 866-713-9675, and that's 866-713-WORK. That's right. W-O-R-K. That's a little jet lag. And Martha, as we get, we, we left we left Tampa Bay early this morning, get up here to Washington, D.C., because we are celebrating one of the most incredible events. You're going to hear about this, but the Impact Summit starts tomorrow, it, and it's going to be in and out of the Museum of the Bible and the Mandarin Oriental. And we're broadcasting from the basement, the, the I don't know, what do we? Lower level. The lower level <laughs> of the Mandarin Oriental. We don't get to do this very often, but today... To be in the nation's capital is a great privilege. Mm -hmm. And for the launch of the Impact Summit, also a huge privilege. And tomorrow, to be at the brand new Museum of the Bible, which you've heard us talk about on iWorkRams so many times. Today, I want you to hear the story, the founding story, and more about the Fellowship of Companies for Christ International, FCCI. You've heard us talk about it a couple times on iWorkRam in the last five years. But today, you're going to hear from one of the founders, Bobby Mitchell, and the current CEO, Chad Merrill. Gentlemen, Bobby Chad, welcome to I Work For Him. Thanks. Glad to be here. Thank we're, you. We're excited. Now, now, Chad came in here about five minutes ago, running for, running across D.C., down the mall, trying to, so he said, I can't ask him any questions for the next 10 minutes because he got to just take a deep <laughs> breath. So, Bobby, I'm going to start with you. Talk to me, Bobby. How did you become a follower of Jesus? I was born in Atlanta, Georgia. I grew up going to church every Sunday in my life. I had all the attendance awards, <laughs> but uh, I really wasn't walking with the Lord. I graduated from college. My college years were typical college fraternity years. And then after I got out of uh, college, I started working for a living. And uh, I went to a party, and the party was sort of pitched as this is a bunch of very prominent Atlanta guys that are... Uh, very successful, and we'd like you to come over and hear about the claims of Jesus Christ. So I went over to this party, and uh, there was a guy that came in. He was a campus crusade guy in the town, Cobby Ware, and he shared one of the first, he shared the first spiritual law. And then they said this was a very fancy cocktail party without cocktails, but uh, we were intrigued, and then. The, they said, if you want to know more, come back the next three weeks, and we're going to give you laws two, three, and four. And then on, on week five, Bill Bright is going to come in town and teach you how to share your faith. Wow. And so that was my introduction. My wife and I felt like we were Christians, but we said, you know, we really haven't committed our lives to Christ. And so at that party, at that series of parties, we gave our lives to Christ. And... It's a great story since then, but that was the first step. I love that. I love that. So when, you know, being one of the pioneers of the faith and work movement, Bobby Mitchell, as you guys, you started this with, with well, 
Well, I read your, reread your book again this morning on the plane, but I mean, the only faith and work book out when you realized that your faith and your work should be connected with Stanley Tam's book, which was written in the 60s. That was the only book that was out there and available. Well, really, there was one book before Stanley. Oh, which one? Oh, it's well, the one from Charles in Sheldon. His, in oh, his oh, sure. Charles mm-hmm. Sheldon, 1896. Yes. We know the book well and have talked about it on the air. So I prayed to receive Christ. My wife recommitted her life as well. And so we started going to every seminar we could find. And what happened along the way was I realized that what I was saying I believed was not reflected in the way I live my life and that I needed to make changes in my life. And the Lord brought in this book in his steps. He brought in a friendship with Larry Burkett, and he brought in a model of my dad, who was a man of great integrity. And that started me down a path of questioning if I had integrity, deciding I didn't, and making changes to ensure that I did. And so uh, Larry and I, after a year or so of meeting, every week or every other week, we decided we'd question whether you could have a business and operate it on biblical principles. All right, I'm going to have you stay there, stop on that part of the story. I'm going to take a step back because I really want to go into detail on that in the next mm-hmm. segment, but I, I love that story. But to, but to say, hey, your, your good friend Larry Burkett, how did you become good friends <laughs> with Larry Burkett? I mean, what a, what a fantastic privilege. You were friends with Larry Burkett and Bruce Wilkinson. And Ron when, Blue and, and Ron others, Blue. Yeah. I mean, but you're talking when those guys, nobody even knew who those guys were. That's correct. It. I went. I had a friend who told me that I ought to go hear this conference. It's a little Friday night, Saturday morning conference from this brilliant guy that was that I ought to just hear. And I went, and it was Larry Burkett. And it's four hours Friday night, three hours Saturday morning, or, or the reverse: three hours Friday night, four hours Saturday morning. And every segment, I was sink further into my chair. And it was, by the time it was over, I went up and said, "I'm doing everything wrong. Everything." Mm. I need to meet with you. He said, great, here, come out and see me Monday or whatever day. And uh, so w- my office was close to his, and so we met once a week for the next uh, 10 years probably. So, wow. So, so in 1974, when you started exploring this faith and work movement, did you ever imagine that you'd be sitting at a table 44 years later on and we got a radio program about what we, I mean every day we get to go on the air and talk about what you guys were talking about 44 years ago we're on five days a week talking about this when you Bobby Mitchell when you hear the word I work for him what does that mean to your heart it's just what I believe we we need to work for the Lord Larry had some foundational principles he said God owns it all and we're stewards of what he's entrusted us with and we need to use that for his glory and not ours so that became the mantra of uh, Fellowship of Companies for Christ and my life. So th- that's what we did. So to say I work for him, I work for him. Hmm. Yeah. Why did it take me seven years to come up with the name? I have no idea. <laughs> Chad Merrill, you, you, you take the reins from a long line of very powerful and incredible people at FCCI. And it's just been in the last year. Let's just step back, though, before we get into FCCI and the impact on it, talk, Chad, about how you came to be a follower of Jesus. Okay. My, uh, my story is somewhat similar to Bobby's in that I grew up in South Georgia, in Swainsboro, Georgia, to Christian parents, and, uh, in a town that was really like Mayberry. So hmm. we went to uh, church on Sunday and usually on Wednesday and usually Sunday night as well. And so I went through all the normal motions and confirmation classes and things like that. We were Methodist. And... Um, 
Uh, then I had some drifting. I went away to high school in New York. I went to boarding school in New York and then came back to Atlanta when I got married. And so I would say that my faith was always rooted there. It was growing. I like to say that my, my faith and my business life kind of work together in converse, uh, uh, conversely to each other. It's kind of like a stock market chart, and I think I was up and down and up and down. And early in my life and career, it was in inverse order. When things were going well, I felt confident, and, and you know, I did it all right. And then when things were not going well, those were the times that, uh, quite frankly, as a last resort, sometimes you get on your knees and you go back to God. And so during that time, and I really, in my faith life, really intersects from a growth, not only with my wife, who was growing up Baptist. And, of course, the Baptists were always worried that the Methodists were saved anyway. And so <laughs> she had a lot of questions about that and how that went down. But then I started being discipled by one of the other founders of FCCI. And I did not, did not know FCCI, did not know who was a founder. But over the period of the last 20 or so years, he had been discipling me both in my life that was high growth and then my chosen profession in the business world and how the two come together. So, I mean, what was that process like? I mean, what did it look like when you finally understood that it wasn't supposed to be church and work, that they were supposed to be interconnected? I mean, how big of a, when did that paradigm shift happen for you? So quite frankly, that paradigm shift happened to me um, in, in a period of, of little, and there was a, a, a very difficult period of time, and I was discipled through it. And uh, several folks in FCCI helped me through that period. And then when there came a time of plenty, and it became impressed on me that, um, that we have an obligation that God owns it all, and we've been blessed. And so they came together kind of simultaneously in my personal life and in my uh, work life. We're in the nation's capital. We are literally two blocks off the mall. We're going to get a walk around. we got to get out there this afternoon before it starts to snow. It's kind of cold the ice. out there. Yeah. Martha had to bring her snowsuit so she could, because she's so cold. It's wonderful. How cool is it to be here and to be with the, one, the, one of the founders of FCCI and Chad Merrill? How cool is this? You know, I think to it's finally fa- meet face to face. It's so fabulous. And one of the things that I love is that really what I hear God has churned in you is putting words to what I think a lot of people hungered over the last several decades with, you know, their work and their home life and their church life and how do I do this in the way that the scripture says where it changes all of me but um, it's so exciting to be with people that were able to put words to all of that and help lead others in this process of figuring out what God wants for our lives so it's great to be here Bobby, when you and Larry Burkett started this exploration, you're like, mm. you didn't even have a name for it. We didn't have a, you didn't have the name Faith and Work Movement. I mean, none of that stuff existed. You guys set out to go, what does the Bible really have to say about work or business, right? That's right. We um, fairly quickly assembled a group of other people that had some interest. Hmm. We invited 80 people to come to a meeting to see, to sort of share the thought of, studying the Bible and trying to operate a company on biblical principles. And from that group, nine of them wanted to meet weekly or, or every other week. Sure. And then seven of them ended up becoming what we call the founders of FCCI. Hmm. And so it was a great time, but it was not uh, a mild deal. It was We would argue, we would scream, we would fight, we would challenge each other, and we worked through a process. But we had a principle. Well, what was this? Let me just stop you there for a second. You're arguing, you're fighting. Why? Because you had never – I'm guessing this, but was there so much frustration because some people thought that the Bible didn't have anything to say about business? No. It, I would say all of us were like-minded in believing the Bible was the answer. 
And so we, we wanted to look to the Bible to give us reality, but the application was what was difficult. How do we apply mm-hmm. love your neighbor as yourself? How, what does that look like in a business? Mm-hmm. And so there was a lot of discussion. Uh, it's a little tongue-in-cheek to say loud arguing sure. and shouting and everything. But, okay, but 44 years ago, were you hearing sermons on, hey, faith and work should be interconnected? Were you None. hearing that your None. workplace, you're calling in your workplace? Because you ran a big company. What was your company called again? Applied Ceramics. Applied Ceramics. So I'm assuming this wasn't pots and uh, you know vases. It was uh, electronic parts for the... For industry, and it was catalytic converters for automobiles and that type of stuff. So, oh, so you were on the cutting edge of catalytic converters because the 74 is when they started putting them in cars. Yeah, 73, yeah. 73? Mm-hmm. No. Okay, mm-hmm. I stand corrected. Okay, I was pretty close. I was only eight when they came on the car. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty good that I knew that. You know that history. Okay. So, I mean, this was a new concept because you weren't hearing it from the pulpit. We didn't hear it from anybody. It mm-hmm. was literally something God put in my heart to say, I want to do that. I want to find integrity in my life. I want my life to reflect what I say I believe. And Larry was a partner, more knowledgeable than me, somebody I could look up to, and we could dialogue and come up with a plan for doing it. And so we invited these people to come. Nine of them came, and we started having these meetings. And so the the meeting was to try to work out principles of of how do you apply this in a in a book in the book in his steps again written by Charles Sheldon in 1896 you talk about you're thinking in 74 this was a big idea Charles Sheldon wrote a book 78 years earlier that's right and so it had a guy in the book that tried to operate a store on biblical principles and so that became sort of a a model for how to do that. Mm -hmm. And so Larry and I expanded that model, and as we brought these other guys in to deal with it, we we expanded it further. And then we decided we wanted, we ought to share this with other people, and so we decided to have a conference. And uh, as we tried to do that, it was just a disaster. (laughs) I mean, we didn't know how to put on a conference. We didn't know how to do anything. But finally, Larry sort of took control and said, this is the way we need to do this. And so we did it that way, and we launched with a uh, one-day meeting in Atlanta, Georgia, in, I guess, January or February of 1980. Hmm. And so... And you had asked Bruce Wilkinson to dig up some stuff, uh, what, what he could find. Well, the uh, Bruce came a little bit after okay. that. Okay, all right. Bruce, it's a great story about Bruce. We, we decided we were going to have a one-day, a two-day, and a three-day conference every year. And so the one-day and the two-day would be nitty-gritty stuff. The three-day would be uh, uh, inspirational stuff. And so we invited Bruce Wilkinson, who had come to one of the earlier conferences, to be the, the conference speaker at a place called Point Clear, Alabama. And Bruce was, was in there, and he was teaching us. And then he said, I've got it. I understand what y'all are talking about now. Everything that I've been teaching you at this conference is wrong. <laughs> and we need to to get down on our knees and pray for God to guide us. So there were 44 people at that conference. We got down on our knees. We wept. We cried. We whatever. And, and God united. And that really was the point in time that FCCI was birthed. And it was at that time, let me just, from reading your book, and we're talking about, and, and Bobby's book is A Walk in the Market, My Story of the Fellowship of Companies for Christ International. And it was pr- produced just five years ago. But that was at that time, Bruce said, well, let me go do some studying. 
Well, it was really he studied for that conference to teach at that conference and he could not find anything he says i was gonna go i figured i'd go to the library and pick up a book yeah (laughs) and there were no books except for so charles sheldon and stanley tam we decided we'd do the conference again in six weeks so chad don't think we're we we put on another conference at callaway gardens in six weeks everybody came back and and in those six weeks bruce had studied uh stanley tam's book God Owns My Business, and uh, came out with some of the foundational principles of FCCI. Mm. And so FCCI was off and running at that point. We're talking today with Bobby Mitchell, one of the founders of FCCI. He founded it right along with Larry Burkett, the late Larry Burkett. Larry's been with the Lord oh, he's, it's like 18, 17 or 18 years already, isn't it? Was it oh one that he died? It's been a long, been a long time, time already. Yeah. Yeah. So Bobby's one of the founders of FCCI and really one of the patriarchs of the faith and work movement. When you look at 44 years ago, people just weren't talking about it. Chad Merrill, you're following in some pretty heavy footsteps. When you, when you, when you look at the, the likes of Bobby Mitchell and Larry Burkett and Ron Blue and Bruce Wilkinson, it doesn't get more intensive than that. I mean, those are names that almost every, every Christian household knows those names. Absolutely, and you've just named a few, and there's been many more that have come along, and there's lots and lots of people that we stand on the shoulders of that that really uh, plowed the hard yards, and um, so it's been a a great responsibility and a privilege to try to uh, carry on to the next generations what um, was started so many years ago. You know, before we dig in any deeper, I think it's important for our listeners to understand what FCCI is, because we've kind of talked about it. We've said what their website is, hearing how God is stirred. But maybe we could hear just um, real quickly what FCCI actually is. Absolutely. So at a a high level, FCCI is an organization of business owners and CEOs and, and business leaders in some cases whose vision, the vision has remained the same from the beginning days, which was to transform the world through Christ one company owner at a time. Mm-hmm. And then the mission or the manifestation of how that lived out, lives out, is to encourage and equip uh, people to run their businesses and conduct their lives according to business principles. So we are essentially, you know, uh, the, the vision is to transform the world through business. And the mission of uh, FCCI is to encourage and equip, if you boil it down to those two simple terms. And, and, and you know, along with that, in the, in the shadow of Billy Graham's passing, mm-hmm. a lot has been guided by, uh, and it's used many times, and I'm sure used it on air many times, of his, his statement, his prediction of the next great movement of God will be in the workplace. And so that's okay. really a guiding principle behind FCCI. And when you look at it, and, and as, you know, five years ago, never did we imagine we were going to be on, actually, just slightly more than five years ago, we never imagined we were going to be on the radio talking about this. But we, when I was introduced to the idea, and then introduced Martha to the idea that our, I, I'd Tried getting into seminary several times, thinking, "Well, I want to be in full-time ministry, so I got to be—I got to go to seminary." But the Lord revealed to me through Oz Hillman and then many other people, "Wow, no, I could be a minister in my own marketplace. I, I in my own workplace, I can be a—I can look at it as a mission field." That opens up the world because the, the ultimate goal is is to help Christ followers do that, connecting what they hear on Sunday with what they do in their 9 to 5, these business owners and leaders at FCCI Disciples, but not just so they can run great businesses. That's fantastic because the kingdom principles of running great businesses is great, but the ultimate goal is to reach people for Christ. Mm-hmm. I mean, because there's millions of people whose eternity is at stake, and they're never going to go to church. Isn't that true, Bobby? Absolutely. We have a slogan called SSS. Salvation, sanctification, and service. And we believe that all the Bible 
can be broken down into those three categories. Martha, we're here to celebrate the Impact Summit, which is tomorrow, starts tomorrow and goes through the weekend. We're leaders from 500-plus people, leaders, business owners, and leaders from across the country. Ministry leaders are here to celebrate really what's going on in the faith and work movement. Yeah, we're really looking forward to just hearing the fact that God is stirring in so many people's heart the same um, undertones, that what they do matters to the kingdom, and how can we do that better? We've got in studio with us today. Well, in studio, we're in their office. We're in their headquarters for their conference this weekend. We've got Bobby Mitchell, one of the founders of Fellowship of Companies for Christ International, and Chad Merrill, the current CEO. And and guys, let's just take a step back from FCCI for just a second. Not that we shouldn't talk about it more, but I want to talk about this summit because, Bobby, as you and I and, and your wife, Sue, and Martha and I were talking before, this is a pretty monumental weekend. Tell me about it. Absolutely. I guess for 40 years, or more than 40 years, we've been trying to unite people in the marketplace. And sort of like you thought you were going to be the next Rush Limbaugh, I thought that FCCI was going to be the vehicle to complete the Great Commission. Hmm. I, I still sort of believe that, by mm-hmm. the way. And uh, it, we needed to, to walk that through and, and take ordinary people running businesses that wanted to commit them to the Lord and see what the power and the outflow of that was. It has been a hard journey to unite everybody. And and this weekend we've got, uh, Chad, how many companies have we got well, uh, uh, or uh, well, I ministries? Think, I think there's 16 or 17 marketplace ministries that will mm-hmm. be here. So and over 500 people, right? Yes, right at about 500. And that's fantastic. And and you cut off registration at 450, so I'm trying to figure out how we got the 500. Well, you know. And, Fish and, 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 and the loaves. Just today I was at the museum, and a guy came in and said, you know, I think we can shift these tables a little bit and fit a few more people in. And so the fire marshal is not listening to the show today. That's, that's exactly what we said. That's exactly right. So, how exciting. You know, it is exciting, and it's exciting to see people. You, you mentioned, Bobby, you thought that FCCI was going to be the vehicle for really the transformation of our country and the leader in the faith and work movement. And when you look at the ministries that have spun off because of FCCI and what you guys were doing in 74, you got Ron Blue's ministry, Larry Burkett's ministry, you, you got Buck Jacobs' ministry that spun off here. Oz Hillman was involved in spun off. I mean, you got a lot of you. A lot got, of, I mean, um, I, I don't even know them all. You know better than I do. But, Chad, as, you, as you've taken the reins of this historic company, this historic ministry, the Fellowship of Companies for Christ International, this Impact Summit this weekend, you guys have been cramming. For it, it's been a. It's not been a marathon. It's been a sprint for three or four or five months. As you get to this, what is you're hoping to see this weekend? Well, I think what's evolved, and it, and it helps to be a little bit new, and it helps to be a little bit naive, <laughs> and um, and I was both of those. And mm. so, as it started to come, and I was meeting the leaders across the country, a, a vision just came that said, "Why aren't we doing more together?" And Amen. we're all in the same space. And if there's one industry that should be collaborative and not competitive, it ought to be in the kingdom industry. And so we, as we started talking about what do we do well, what are you, what are geographies, and it seemed to hit, uh, strike a chord with a lot of folks. And uh, uh, an underlying premise that came up reoccurring two or three times is that over 40 years, over 30 years, 20 years of some of these ministries, doing a lot of great things. But the world's changing quickly, mm. much the way denominational ministries are. We weren't sure if we're gaining market share or losing market share. And so mm. the thought arose that maybe there needs to be a paradigm shift in the approach, and maybe this can be a part of starting that thought process. And when you look at the synergy between the organizations, because each one of the faith and work major nationwide ministries, 
you all have a niche. You really have a niche. And if you could all slide alongside of each other, it makes a, it, they're, they're real. It's what Jesus said. Hey, they'll know that you're my followers when you guys are unified Amen. and you're Amen. loving each other. That's right. I mean, that's what, that's what you're about ready to experience this weekend. And what Martha and I have found with doing the show these last five years is that, yes, you've got these 16, 17, maybe 20 national ministries, but there are one off, there are dozens in every city, there's a there's a dozen or more one-off faith and work ministries in every major city across the country, in every minor city. There, there's faith and work discipleship going on everywhere. Bobby? You know, I want to go back a minute to, to a point I was going to make before. We talked about Stanley Tam. Stanley Tam wrote a book. I went and visited Stanley His Tam. His book was God Owns was My, my Business. business. Mm-hmm. I went uh, and visited Stanley May May 7th, 1980. <laughs> How many meetings do you remember the date of? Well, but I remember like Stanley that. Tam, I can imagine I'd know the date. So too. I went in the, his office, and I asked him to tell me about his work. I'd read his book. I'd, he had a film that he had developed. We'd shown the film. And uh, what, I said, what is your major goal? He said, I want to lead five people a day to Christ. Wow. And I just... Come again? Tell me what you said. (laughs) My church doesn't lead five people a day to Christ. The churches of Atlanta may not lead five people a day to Christ, but Stanley Tam did. I said, how are you doing? He pulled out a little black book. He said, well, today is May 7th. I had a good month in April. I led 222 people to Christ. Wow. And so he knew how many people he had led. He said, you see these file cabinets? They're full of people that we've led to Christ. He had... Christ is the answer in six-foot-high letters on his side of his building in Lima, Ohio. And Stanley, that, that sort of sparked a thought. And Larry and I took that and beat that around a little bit, and we decided that if, if there were um, one, one other thing Stanley was doing, he was giving $2 million away a year. This is 1980. Hmm. Which was huge. Must be like giving away $200 million a year. A big number. And he, he had planted over 100 churches internationally. And so I'm an engineer, and so I took the 100 churches, the, the, uh, all these numbers, and I put them together and said, goodness, we could complete the Great Commission in three years if, if, every, if we had enough companies like Stanley's company mm-hmm. to do it. And so it gave us a model from the very early time of this is just a few months before the Point Clear meeting that we talked about with Bruce Wilkinson. So it was a powerful thing to give us a guide to accomplish God's ministry and turn this world around. And what an amazing testimony that Stanley had, because Stanley was told he was crazy. You can't give your company to God. God can't be the owner. That was, I mean, his story is so powerful. And Martha's dad actually got to meet him, too. So I love the fact that I know two people now have met Stanley Tim. Well, I just want to speak to that. And you were saying, you know, there's little things happening all over the country. And I, I love that conversation because it's all about God stirring in individual people's hearts. And we don't know what that company at that corner of that you know street block, what God's doing in that owner's heart. But what we want to do is be able to give them resources and encouragement to keep on fighting the good fight. And so I believe that that's a lot of what we're going to gain a little bit of this weekend. Chad, when you look back at, at your career leading up to being now the CEO of FCCI, how did how did God get you here? So I'm built just just God made me a collaborator by nature. Mm-hmm. I'm a, if you're a Myers Briggs person, I'm an ENFP, which is is a connector. 
and that's been a part of what my career my my career's been been involved with some 40 or 50 companies that were started or acquired or assimilated and so just a big part of my nature has been collaboration and assimilation and that's become a little bit of a calling card uh and and through the last six months here whether that's true or how i want to totally be identified but it's the kind of the way i think that together we're stronger and so that's the message that i've been trying to bring into the marketplace here well and that's really i mean jesus laid the groundwork for this 2020 some years ago. I mean, he was the greatest kingdom collaborator. He was pulling from all different sectors of society, except for the religious people. Although he was talking to the religious people, but they didn't like what he had to say, because he was threatening their money, power, and control structure. How today are we living out what... I mean, Jesus... First of all, here's another one. Bobby, have you ever heard a sermon? You got a few more years on me. Have you ever heard a sermon about Jesus's reputation in the marketplace? I'm sure I have. I don't know that I... I remember it. I I don't... uh... Chad, have you? Not that I can recall. I mean, that's one of those things when, when we look at Jesus, most of us think of Jesus as a three-and-a-half-year itinerant preacher. But he was, a, he was a small business guy. He might not have met him an FCCI guy because he was really a small business guy. I mean, he was, maybe, a, he was maybe a solopreneur. But, I mean, Jesus had a – his reputation in the marketplace had to be spotless. It had to be like you were talking about your dad, Bobby, a, a man of integrity. Jesus had to have a fantastic reputation in the marketplace, didn't he? Or, or his ministry would have meant nothing. Well, Jesus, you know, spoke – the truth and he had no uh patience for people who didn't speak the truth <laughs> so we see a, a real true. conflict in jesus and that he these people that didn't speak the truth he had no interest in in spending time on them but the people that did maybe imperfectly he wanted to pour his life into mm-hmm. and that's sort of a model of what fcci is about we're trying to pour this ministry into people's lives that want to make a difference they want to speak the truth. They want to have integrity. They want to reach the world. They want to see it turn around. So those are those are the sort of the foundational things that we want to see at FCCI do. And Chad, you're carrying this forward tomorrow as we start the Impact Summit. You've got some incredible speakers. You got, you got a great lineup tomorrow afternoon at two o'clock live in our workroom. We've got Steve and Jackie Green, which you helped arrange for them to share. They're they're, they're the people that run Hobby Lobby. They're going to share their story of the legacy that was handed down by their dad, David Green. And, and but Steve Green is not the only person we're going to hear from this weekend. Who else are you going to hear? Are we going to hear from? So we've got. We're going to start off with uh, Dr. Gene Getz, who mm-hmm. is out of Texas. He's he's written a number of things, a number of Bibles, and he's got a Life Essentials Bible, which is just fantastic. It's one of the first, maybe the only multimedia Bible that's out there. That's going to be followed up with Henry Cloud, Dr. Henry Cloud, that I think everybody knows well. Mm-hmm. Just um, may be the preeminent uh, speaker, and also in the Christian audience. And then the following day, we've got some mus- folks from the Museum of the Bible, Carrie Summers and Tony Zeiss, the uh, president and executive director, and they're going to share with us some of the vision. Uh, then later that day, we'll hear from Steve Green himself. And just coming back from over there a little while ago, the, the size and scope of their dreams, and you talk about God-sized vision, it is just incredible what they're doing around the world. You told me something the other day on the phone that since it opened on the 17th of November, before the end of the year, they had held 600 events already at the Museum of the Bible. I think that's what you said. I, I, it's incredible. It is a large number, a large number. I will say that they just told me coming back over here that this will be the biggest one they've ever had. So oh, they're, they're, they're very excited about Not it. Not that we're competitive, and, but that's pretty cool. And, and just to round it off, <laughs> that's, right. that's right. To round it off, you got some big names. And just to round it off, Dr. Ben Carson will yes. be coming in uh, to close out the night. Uh, that night, and then we have uh, Randy Frazee, for the, mm-hmm. who wrote the Story Bible, which is in the museum. 
that uh, uh, is going to be coming in Sunday morning to finish this off. We've got Chad Merrill, the CEO of FCCI. Chad, you just, you're at the head of all of this that's going on, this Impact Summit this weekend, but yet you've been teamed up with ministries all across the country to come together to pull this off. It's really been a great spirit of collaboration, and we have, I believe, all of the national ministries that are coming. We represent, I don't want to misquote, but it, it is tens of billions of dollars in commerce that will be here this weekend. We may approach $100 billion in the CEOs, and so we have just a phenomenal group of influencers that are coming, and we hope that what comes out of this is, is how we can uh, unify around the cause, unify around uh, kingdom and work faith, and then we can go out and have a great influence across our country and around the world. Bobby, 44 years ago, did you ever imagine it would take 44 years for you to have a conference like we're going to start tomorrow, the Impact Summit? I thought we might have it next week. You know, we had this uh, yeah, like conference in six weeks. Or in 1980 or whatever, yeah. yeah. And we, uh, I, I had no concept that it would be difficult. It just <laughs> made so much sense to me. I was so bought out, sold out for this uh, vision. I thought all we'd have to do is share it a little bit, and it would just explode. We did not really have the thought that we were building a ministry so much, but we thought we could have a, a group of business owners come together and change the country. And so that, that was a real thought from the earliest times. And uh, we didn't – we originally were Fellowship of Companies for Christ, and, and it was some years later before we added the I for international. But we, we did that, and so we do a lot of business worldwide now. And so we're seeing hunger everywhere we turn. And so, but it's a battle. And, and I, I didn't think you could get buy-in from all the other people. And this is the first time that I'm aware of that you've, you've had this number of, of marketplace ministries come together under one roof with the purpose of, of honoring God through their businesses. And, and I think to speak to what uh, Chad said, to collaborate with each other. And, and, and really make it happen. So it's exciting. What I have seen in the last just two years as God has brought in new leaders into many of those organizations is that the spirit of collaboration is it's it's big. I mean, God's doing mm-hmm. it. And, you know, guys like you and Mike Shero are leading the way, reaching out like, hey, how can we work together? What, what's the deal? And Doug Fagerstrom from Marketplace Chapel. Some of those, I mean, it's just, it's amazing how people, all of a sudden the walls are coming down and everybody's going, hey, this is about the kingdom. It's not about our ministry. I think we've learned, too, that we're in an era where um, the world really doesn't have boundaries. I mean, we can we have access everywhere. And one of the things that um, we know um, with our radio program, that it's not a message just for Tampa Bay. It's not a message just for Jacksonville, Florida. It's a message for every Christ follower and pre-Christian, because as they're exposing themselves to what is this about following Christ, well, what's it look like? How do you walk that out? And if Christ, we say all the time on the radio, if Christ changes us, he's supposed to change all of us, not leave our wallet, not leave our, our business card out of the equation. So hearing that and just knowing that it can be such have such a big impact. Everybody who met Jesus in the New Testament, they were never the same. Mm-hmm. They were either all in or they were all out, but they were never the same. All right, let's talk about FCCI today. People are listening. They're like, I want to get involved. That sounds like a pretty exciting group. How do? What does it look like for them to get involved? Who should be getting involved? So primarily folks who are business owners and CEOs 
are the primary folks that are involved and then business leaders that are uh, involved around the world. And we would love to hear from them. And we want to be a platform that brings people and encourages and equips wherever they are, so small business, solo practitioners, all the way up to large businesses. And Mm -hmm. we will uh, try to assimilate in our materials and conferences and and small groups that we have around the country. talk about that. So what is involvement with FCCI look like? Because I know that once a year, the last several years, you've been doing – your annual conference has been in Florida because, you know, everybody wants to go to Florida. (laughs) But what, what else does involvement in FCCI look like? So as you said, the conferences were big from the very beginning. So we have at least one annual international conference a year. This year we'll have three or four, a couple of regional conferences as well, just back from Albuquerque last week, and we have one coming up in North Dallas in in, uh, October. So that's one primary way. The second way is we try to assimilate business leader groups. So uh, you can think of as chapters in a city where we put like-minded businesses, folks who want to learn, how to be equipped, and they want to be encouraged and how to run their business according to biblical principles. And so we provide materials and groups, and they become encouragement uh, groups for each other. Mm. And you've, I mean, you've had thousands of people involved with FCCI over the last 44 years. The impact, Bobby Mitchell, when you look at the impact of FCCI on a business owner, leader, a CEO, what do you see once they understand, once they get it, how much does that transform their company? It totally transforms it. It's uh, I, we believe in FCCI that life change really happens through small groups, and so we we see groups as being a dynamic that can change lives. And so I think that if somebody really commits to do it, you can almost see it in their eyes that I'm I'm serious about this and I want to walk uh, in these steps. And then all of a sudden you see them bear fruit, you see them lead people to Christ, you see people, them grow people up in Christ, you see them do service projects in their communities. And so it's, a, it's sort of a total change. It's going from I wasn't saved to I'm saved. It's going from I was a baby Christian to I, I'm now growing rapidly as a Christian. Mm-hmm. And so it's, a, it's, it's dynamic and it's visible and it happens quick. When you look, Bobby, over the 44 years, you look at what, like, one or two of the most major concepts that Christ-following business owners need to understand in order to make that paradigm shift. What, what, what are one or two of those things that they just they need to understand, and then all of a sudden it starts to transform their lives? Well, I believe, that, first of all, they've got to be a Christian. And there are a lot of folks out there that go to church that are not Christian. Right. Mm-hmm. We've had people come to FCCI conferences and, and get converted at a conference. And almost every conference we have, one or two people do that. So they came not because they thought they were not a Christian, but they just didn't know. And so they need to be a Christian. And then I would say that uh, some of the things we've spoken about before, salvation, sanctification, and service, are the outreach of uh, of activity that these uh, companies need to have. And I think going way back, uh, God owns it all and that we're stewards. The stewardship thing, yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a major cultural shift to say, I don't own this money. It's not my money. And so <laughs> what it does is it, it, it says I'm going to use everything I've got as a good manager, a steward, to impact the world around me. And so whatever, Lord, you want, we'll do. And so it's, it's, it's complete change. It's complete bowing the knee to the Lord. 
Walking by faith, running your business. Amen. Unbelievable. Chad, as you look at the next generations, you look at the, the millennials, uh, and you look at the digital gem, which comes up after them, how is FCCI preparing to reach out to the millennials? Because they have a totally different worldview. They want, their, they want everything that they do to be significant. How are you guys reaching out to them? So we're spending a lot of time with them, and you'll see more and more of them uh, at our conferences and in our groups. In some ways... We've got a little easier path because millennials get a get a difficult rap in a lot of ways, but a lot of reasons because is because they're authentic and they want to see authenticity. Mm-hmm. Right. And so if they like or don't like something, you usually hear it very straightforward. And oftentimes I think the older generations hear what they don't like or they hear straightforward talk and that becomes a divide. But I think we've got a great opportunity because they, they do want more. They do want to make a difference, Christian or non Christian. So I think the, the millennials that we've been associated with and the new entrepreneurs, and, you know, let's face it, there's thousands, tens, and hundreds of thousands that are starting companies now mm-hmm. earlier and earlier than ever. And when they catch a passion, I believe they can really, truly impact uh, the world, maybe even at a greater pace, but likely at a greater pace than we did in generations before us did. I know we talk a lot about the fact that we pray that that generation doesn't have to learn what we had to learn. Mm-hmm. That, they, you know, we segmented all these sections of our life, and we've had to learn how to bring them back together, whereas we would hope that these future generations will just get it, that God, when he changes us, he changes all of us. Yeah, I was actually discipled in church by two deacons who told me, church is church, work, business is business, they don't mix. Wow. Don't mix them. <laughs> it's, it's an incredible thing. Bobby Mitchell, we got 30 seconds. What's one thing you've always wanted to say on the air to Christ followers listening all over the world? What's one thing you want to say? I want to say that the Bible is the guidebook of life. Mm-hmm. If you read the Bible daily and apply it to your life, you'll grow as a Christian, and you'll make a great impact in the world. Amen. Bobby Mitchell, founder of FCCI, along with Larry Burkett and some other really incredible guys. Chad Merrill, current CEO of FCCI. Thank you guys for being on I Work For Him today for just blessing us with the time. I know that you've been a little busy, but we're grateful that you guys came on the air with us today. Amen. Thanks. Make sure you check out FCCI on the air. Martha, they should check it out where? Online. Online, FCCI.org. And we'll have this podcast out there on our Facebook page, hopefully by tomorrow morning, so you can listen to it. In case you only heard part of it, you got to hear the whole story of where FCCI came from. Make sure you're looking for Post 2 as we start the Impact Summit tomorrow, and make sure you tune in tomorrow afternoon as we interview Steve and Jackie Green from Hobby Lobby. It will be an exciting weekend. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I work for him. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him podcast with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Please visit IWorkForHim.com to learn more about connecting your faith and work, to join the I Work For Him nation, or subscribe to our weekly blog. You can also follow us on social media at I Work For Him to stay up to date and meet our guests. If today's message spoke to you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review will launch more workplace missionaries across America. That's at IWorkForHim and online, IWorkForHim.com. I work the number four, him.com.